This is the beginning point. This is the beginning of the rest of my life. I got the meaning, and I got to write it down, because I don't want to forget it. Just win, baby. And I'm probably already lagging on my end because that's just how it goes. Uh, welcome back to the Gold Jacket Podcast, proudly sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has it all. Daily, weekly, season-long best ball tournaments that are literally happening 365 days a year. Plus, you can play their pick'em game and get five picks right and win 20 times your money. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code TNFF, and you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Gymnastic. I wish our sponsor was Robaxa set today. My back is killing me. You can find me on Twitter at GoldjackQBs. I am joined, as always, by the other host of this show, Connor Donald. He can be found on Twitter at Connor10. We're proud members of the True North Fantasy Football Network. We got the sixth man coming this night. We got Coach Craig. He comes up whenever you need a guy filling in as that sixth man. Here he is. Um, we're all members of the True North Fantasy Football Network. Make sure you check them all out on Twitter at True North FFB, YouTube at the TNFF Network, and on the internet at TrueNorthFFB.com. Tonight, we're continuing something or other. I don't know. We're diving into key <laughs> positions. Um, no, we're doing post. We're doing post draft reactions real quick and a little rookie mock draft. Two round rookie mock. I gotta pass it on to Connor. I'm babbling away. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, in in your defense, I I did not fix the show sheet up to reflect what we were doing this week at all. Um, it still says we're talking about pre draft stuff, so that's my bad. But yeah, we are doing a post draft rookie mock draft with Coach Craig. Welcome aboard, Coach Craig. You, you can find him at Coach Craig Sport on uh, Twitter. And of course, his YouTube page, Coach Craig Sports. And uh, he has some awesome DFS content going on there. I can't even tre- keep track of the sports anymore that you do. If you want to take an opportunity to introduce yourself to anyone who may not already know you. Yeah. So like you mentioned already, the Twitter, the YouTube, I'm doing daily MLB DFS over on my YouTube, just core plays for the day for Fandle main slate, as well as a cheat sheet over at webetats.com. Obviously, there's True North stuff. I'm doing helping out with some of the Sons of Dynasty stuff, too. I uh, do a little bit of everything. Got the Patreon.com, so that's Coach Craig Sport. Kind of got my rookie notes and prospect stuff and probably have my rookie draft rankings, which I started putting together earlier today. And then as well, over on the Stacks app, you can find me over there at Coach Craig Sports as well. Love it. Love it. Well, it was a wild weekend. Um at the NFL draft, obviously this draft was went likely as we expected, kind of as we expected, because it we didn't know what to expect. And the first 10 all made their picks, and then there was trades everywhere. There was trades that continued to happen throughout the draft. And uh, a lot of fantasy players got some super good landing spots, which has led to a lot of rankings 
that me and Jim have talked about a lot that are just based solely on landing spots and not your original rankings about the skill of the player. So I'm a little disappointed with some of the rankings I'm seeing out there because it feels like there's a lot of leaning on the landing spot. And tonight we will probably throw that landing spot for a whirl because uh, a lot, when we, as we were talking pre-show, we all kind of said our rankings changed very little based off of where people went and where the landing spots were. So just a quick initial reaction, Craig, on the draft in general, fantasy related, unfantasy related, the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, I think for fantasy, I think probably a lot of people got disappointed because like these quarterbacks didn't go. So uh, rookie drafts are going to be very interesting this year. I think there's like a clear probably 10 or 11 picks that you can say are like first round guys. 12 kind of up in the air. And then like after that, you're just kind of taking darts. So you're probably better off just trading off to next year's picks if you can. Or like even that or even um, maybe you're taking that Desmond Ritter and like back after the second round and then when he starts you flip like the first game he starts you just turn around and flip him right away you'd have you'd have to have a really good sell job like that used car salesman who does a really good sell job to get rid of desmond ritter but like if people need quarterback they'll pay i think the only quarterback i would justify paying anything for is kenny pickett because none nobody else is guaranteed to start except for Kenny Pickett, because that capital alludes to your starting. And I understand that people are going to live and die by the traits of Malik Willis if it is the last thing they hang on to his athleticism. But at the end of the day, that guy's not guaranteed to start until likely year three. And even then, there's still significant money owed to Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill has to fall off significantly, in my opinion. And this is a prospect to admit it. He's not ready. He wouldn't be ready year one. So already that knocked him down my board a bunch because you don't admit you're not ready to be in the NFL, even though we know you're not ready to be there in the NFL. But yeah, that that's a that's a big one. The the way the quarterbacks landed was uh, through us all for a world. That's for sure. Although I guess if you followed along the right analysts. Mm-hmm. It was kind of set alluded to all along. A lot of really good analysts that I follow had third round grades on most of these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And then it came out as the draft rolled on that the majority of teams had third round or worse grades on all of these quarterbacks as well. And I yeah, wrote, to nobody's surprise, the first one off the board was the most pro ready one who you can plug and play right away. I will say there's a lot of teams that didn't even have a single first round grade on a quarterback this year, too. Um, according to mm-hmm. reports, so not surprised in my like last couple mocks I did, I only had like one going to Pittsburgh and then like maybe one going to 32 or like back half, like somebody either traded up or like the Lions just taking one, but it sounded like the Lions weren't very all in on this class. Interestingly enough, the Seahawks, Pete Carroll and John Snyder, they didn't go to a single pro day for any quarterback in this class. They just said, screw it. And now they, they have no quarterback. They're just like, nope, we ain't doing this. What about you, Jim? Your general reaction, fantasy, unfantasy related to the draft? Uh, unfantasy related, I guess maybe IDP related. Uh, I was surprised to see a lot of corners go. Uh, I had Stingy going to the Jets, not to Houston, when all my uh, all my pick em plays. I only had the one QB going, uh, picked them, I mean, wrong. 
but uh, <laughs> it was Pittsburgh. It was Pittsburgh at 20. I thought they didn't have to move anywhere to get it. They, they'd they have their pick. That's exactly what happened. I just picked the wrong one, um, toss them up. But like I said, like a lot of corners going. Uh, I was surprised that I thought Detroit slapped that fucking first round. I'm just going to like say, <laughs> I want to say that straight out, man, to, to get Hutch falling to you at 102 again. Uh, not really fantasy related, but it is kind of fantasy related because, uh, man, those lines impact a lot of fucking what's going to end up happening uh, with Jared Goff. Because let's just be honest, he kind of fucking sucks. Needs all the help he can get. Um, and then to take what I considered was the best wide receiver uh, in the draft and who was called the best wide receiver uh, going into the draft by one Aaron Rodgers um, and Jameson Williams. Yeah, uh, that that slaps up for me there. Uh, great, great first round. Um, a lot of fucking wide receivers taken. Uh, not the ones that I'm not surprised that went, but just some of the order a little bit uh, threw me off a little bit. But whatever mm-hmm. it is, it is. So, yep. Let's well, dance. boys, are you guys ready to do this? We yep. are doing fresh off seven days ago, doing a pre-draft Rookie mock draft with Alfredo Brown. We are back and we are going to do a two-ram post-draft mock draft. Super flex, of course, as always. Um, and uh, we randomize the order. I randomize the order three times. Somehow Jim ends up with the 101 back-to-back draft. Craig at two, me at three. And then we go back to Jim, Craig, me. And the order will continue to go like this. So obviously, this, obviously it's team-relevant. You you will draft differently according to your needs and what your team needs, but we're just hoping to kind of lay the land of where players should be landing and what people are thinking um, post-draft. Um, so, Jim, I mean, I almost think this is an absolute waste to ask you who the 101 is because I don't think it has changed since pre-draft. But, Jim, kick us off. Brees Hall. Uh Pre-draft, no one-on-one, post-draft, one-on-one. Uh, Jets put the significant capital in it. Take a look at the Jets offense from 2020 to 2020 or 2021 to 2022. Like, adding shoulders above, like, what, what it was at. So, like, let's let's do this dance, man. Like, fuck, it's looking good. And I'm not really concerned about Michael Carter. Uh, Brees Hall is probably – now, what I like the most about him is he's not going to get blown out of the water by uh, – by a superior talent in 2023. Cause let's face it, man, like these Tyler Algiers, these Damon Pierce's, these Pierre Strong's, all these other guys that you're grabbing up in the second round. Uh, I think they're going to be supplanted in one year if they even get a significant amount of work this year. So Brees Hall 101, I think he's the guy that retains value. Uh, he's in a situation. He's a superior talent, in my opinion, in that backfield, let's go one or two. Yeah, Craig, one oh two. Unless you want to react like, quickly. Yeah, what you're talking about is real important though, too, is like a lot of people don't understand that. Like a lot of guys out of this year's classes put up or shut up, otherwise you're gonna get replaced next year. So uh, I'll I just take care. I just want to throw this out when I was looking at the ranks for this year versus like the consensus on NFL mock draft database versus a consensus for the early consensus for next year. There was, I can't remember the exact number, but I believe there was four RBs in the top 100 this year. Next year, there's six RBs in the top 100, but four of them with first round grades currently. 
And of course, mm-hmm. there's more that are going to emerge. So there's probably going to be eight to 10 running backs next year with top 100 grades. And that's going to easily usurp this class. And that's why they went so... T- well, first of all, I don't know why the Patriots took two running backs. I wouldn't touch any of those running backs. <sighs> but then after that... I just like these guys who got third day three draft capital are so easily replaceable. If there's the right Bijan Robinson, you serves anyone with day two or day three draft capital, pretty much. Obviously, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker should be safe. Although Seattle, you know, they've been known to dabble into the running back room frequently. But I mean, you got Kenneth Walker, you got Brees Hall. Those are, those are home runs, and then after that, anybody can replace any of the running backs on roster, especially if they were picked on day three. Yep. So I'm just going to take Garrett Wilson though. He is my top wide receiver coming in. Like, yeah, the Jets isn't the most ideal landing spot, but he's still a good scheme fit for him. I think I believe in Zach Wilson still. Their offensive line is fine if Mekhi Becton is healthy. And that's just kind of what the biggest question on their offense line is at the end of the day that yeah they brought in some other guys at tight end and stuff but i'm not too worried about it. he's gonna be the 1a elijah moore will be the 1b i don't care what anybody says and try and say elijah moore's the 1a because he's not wow aggressive i like it i listen i agree i i had my i had my uh my my wide receiver one is gary wilson and my wide receiver two is jameson williams and landon spot did like I said pre-episode, Landon Spot be damned. That changed nothing for me. I went with the talent, and the Landon Spots are actually pretty optimal in new with the Jets and with Detroit. I understand people are like people might think otherwise, and people might say Drake London and Traylon Burks obviously stand out as great Landon Spots. Listen, I get it. I understand it. They they do have great Landon Spots, but there's a lot more question marks in their game than Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams. So can they overcome those question marks in their game to be wide receiver? What they literally are being flung into wide receiver one jobs. Day one, you have to step up and be the wide receiver one. That's a ton of pressure for those guys. Any reaction, Jim, to Garrett Wilson, 102? Jets fans fucking soak it up. First two picks in the fucking draft. Jets! Woo! Soak that shit up. Woo! I like listen, I a crazy good draft, like so. You got to be turning around, right? Looking good. Uh, if you got two, you got literally the the top burning back and, and top uh, wide receiver coming off the board. Uh, Jets. Jake Absolutely, yes, they good. they killed the draft though. The Jets killed that this draft all the way through and through. They set up Zach Wilson for success. No mm. more excuses for him. One oh three. I've been a guy who's thrown who's thrown a lot of shade at Drake London, and I don't know if I trust the situation that he landed in as much as a lot of people want to trust that situation. Um, I'm going with Kenneth Walker to Seattle. I think you know what Chris Carson is likely done at the end of this year. You know he's missing time. His health is number one concern year in and year out, and. I mean, Rashad Penny got a one-year contract for a reason. He didn't get picked up with big money elsewhere for a reason. People aren't buying. The NFL's not buying this as much as the fantasy world may be buying this. Kenneth Walker might be a wait and see and be patient, but they're already alluding to the fact that he's going to get touches and he could start seeing RB one time right out of the gate. That's all I need 
for Kenneth Walker. You need that time right out of the gate. So 103, Kenneth Walker. I like it, boys. Uh, I just want to really quickly touch on these first three picks post-draft, identical to the first three picks pre-draft. Going down on the Gold Jacket podcast, I absolutely love it. Both times I get fucked on the 104, not being able to take Kenneth Walker. This time, though, I'm not scrambling. I'm taking Jamison Williams, and I'm throwing a, I'm throwing a little bit of a wrench in the pre-draft to post-draft. I'm taking the guy who I think is the best wide receiver um, in the draft, uh, in this draft. Did he land in a great spot in Detroit? I don't know. Probably not. Jared Goff sucks. Um, <laughs> hey, right. They got they got the sun god. They got TJ Hawkinson. They got uh, DeAndre Swift. They got uh, DJ Chark. I don't approve a deal, by the way. Um, all these things uh, are screaming negative value in him. But guess what? That actually should just suppress his value. You might actually not even be able to reach on him on 104. I'm just doing it because I tried to play the dipsy doodle dangle on the pre-draft and it didn't happen. Um, so I'm just locking it up now, straight up. Uh, because next year, guess what? DJ Chark is gone. He has better draft capital than the Sun God. And I love the Sun God. I'm not even ripping on him. And guess what? 2023 is a way better draft class, and Detroit is not fucking guaranteed locked in with Jared Goff. So things can be turning around very, very quickly. And they're not an offense that looks like they're going to be run like the Kansas City Chiefs, aka heavily uh through the tight end position. I think they're going to go with a with a typical X. X receiver uh, dominant passing game. So locking up my guy right here, man. 104 Jameson, Jameson Williams. I love Jameson Williams. Like I, like I said, just a minute ago, my one and two were Wilson and Williams and they didn't change pre-draft post-draft. Um, and, and like, he's got game changing speed, but unlike, you know, prior guys who've come out like that, like say Henry Ruggs, Jamison Williams has the route running prowess and ability to go with it, which Henry Ruggs did not. So Jamison Williams to me is just such a, just such a good, good wide receiver through and through size. Isn't there by me. Look, we're, we're past this now. This, you have to be 200 pounds. You have to have size. We're past that at the wide receiver position. Look at what Devonta Smith did last year. Um, Look at what we're seeing. The shift in the wide receiver in general, like none of these top wide receivers, obviously, except for Traylon Burks, are over and get Drake London's just over it. But most of them aren't even over 200 pounds. Like that's just the direction that it's going. It's all about being a weapon. It's all about being a playmaker. So I love the Jameson Williams pick. And I think he actually landed in the perfect spot because there's no pressure on him to play like year one. Like literally just get healthy. Like mm-hmm. they have Amandre St. Brown, they have TJ Hawkinson, they have DeAndre Swift. They have DJ Chark that they brought in. They got Josh Reynolds back. Like they have three wide receivers. They can just play this. You're going to be perfectly fine. And it doesn't matter. And then, and like, they don't have to win this year. And even you could argue that their offensive line is good enough. If you just get average quarterback play out of Jared Goff, that these weapons will still succeed enough. But if you get a better quarterback in there, it's even better. So, and the game script should be negative enough that, you're going to see significant passing volume at a Jared Goff. And as much as you hate it, like we've seen terrible seasons by quarterbacks produce fairly good uh, fantasy seasons for some of their weapons because 
all the gut, all the weapon has to do is catch a ball and make something of it a few times a game. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter if they have a 50% completion percentage, if the weapon can produce with that 50% of work that he sees. So. Yeah. And even with Goff, he played really well, actually, down the stretch, too. Most people don't actually hey, realize that. Hey. Like, they were missing hey. an all pro center at that point in time, hey. too, for most of the year. Stop. We don't praise Goff here. He sucks. <laughs> he can be average, okay? Listen for that. Average at best. Yeah. If, um, he, if he, he just can't do anything off script if the line doesn't block for him. But he can't do anything if Sean McVay didn't actually tell him five seconds before the snap or before the play clock ends up running down. Um, but that's here and, and I love you're that making, point. You're, you're making your pick look bad, Jim. No, I'm not because I told you it's suppressed. I'm just locking him up for here. And I like that Craig backed me up on that. He is not walking into a Garrett Wilson style role where he is uh, pressurized to be the number one. A. Let's fucking face it. Like I said, DJ Chark is on a prove it deal. They're going to end up giving him some, giving him some chatter in there. The sun God's decent. TJ Hawkinson apparently commands 22% target share. And DeAndre Swift gets a 28. So, like, I don't know where the other percent's going, but, like, that's a massive percent <laughs> of two guys. <laughs> but, but, like I said, it's, this landscape is going to be changing. Detroit is rebuilding. The Motor City, get ready. Um, going to have a new, better quarterback in 2023, I think. That's fair. But, Craig, yeah. 105. Yep, and hopefully for Detroit Lions fans, hopefully Jeff Okuda actually stays healthy this year. Like, that's a big deal for them. Um, but I'm going to take Drake London here. Walks into a wide open wide receiver room. I, you know, he's my wide receiver too pre-draft. I don't really have as many concerns as a lot of people do. He played division one college basketball at USC his freshman year. The dude's athletic enough to get by. He has a clean, he has a multiple release package. He wins at the top of his route too. Yeah. There was a lot of contested catches, but there are a lot of contested catches were also because Keaton Slovis threw the ball too late. So you got the yin and the yang there. You got a guy that's going to be able to catch the ball pretty much whenever it's there. He's able to box those guys out with the basketball background. The 50-50 balls are 90-10. You can argue maybe they're 80-20 against NFL defenders, but we've seen guys like him succeed before. Obviously, he might not have as good a speed as Mike Evans or Mike Williams, but he's still going to be good enough. And in this offense – it's him and Kyle Pitts and a bunch of nobodies. And even if Calvin Ridley comes back next year, it's probably just going to help open the offense up, and they should have a better quarterback at that point in time too. I just want to point out, Craig, you I may not Calvin have heard recent episodes, but we do not mention Mike Evans and Drake London in the same sentence on this show. <laughs> Mike Evans is a unicorn. Two strikes! Mike Evans is a unicorn and we do not comp unicorns like that because no. do you know every year there's a Mike Evans comp find something different for Drake London find a, a floor a middle ground don't find the unicorn ceiling because we f- look for them every single year but I do agree with you Drake London can probably do some things differently than Mike Evans can if Drake London is, he's been put in a position to show he can do those other things. If he was put in a position to be 100% or for the majority of his work, be a contested catch guy, I'd be 100% out. Say he lands somewhere where he's a wide receiver two or the wide receiver three. 
and they're going to expect him to be the X that does all the work on the outside, especially in contested catch situations, I'd be out. But there's reason to buy into it based on being in Atlanta, being in that wide open wide receiver room. It's Drake mm-hmm. London, tier, 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 and Olamide Zacchaeus, pretty much. <laughs> they're in, in Atlanta right now. So Tate. <laughs> oh, so tier, 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 Zacchaeus yep. and Tate. Yep. On and Ting, Kaderil Hodge and Demir Bird and somebody else. Frank Darby. Good. Oh, Frank Darby's not a real person. Like you <laughs> couldn't even get on. Like okay, like I'm last year you couldn't even awesome. get on the field. Like they were putting practice squad wide receivers on the field over him when he was active for those games. This is true. This is true. Jim, any reaction to this? Um, nope, uh, not yet. I'm interested to see who you pick first before I do a little bit of a reaction here. Let's see who you go. I'm going with Traylon Burks. Perfect. Um, so the first six picks, I mean, the first three were identical. Bang, bang, bang. Four, five, six. Uh, same three wide receivers. Just a little bit of a shuffle around with them, right? Uh, I panicked and took Traylon Burks with the 104 last time. I was cool, calm, collected. Took Jamison Williams this time. And you watch Traylon Burks go right back to the end. But sandwiched in the middle still. Drake London. <laughs> To me, Traylon Burks, like when they moved AJ Brown, they they signaled the changing of the guard there. And I know they have Robert Woods there, and they're gonna use Robert Woods. I get it, but obviously, like there's already the report out there that they're pretty much gonna force feed Traylon Burks the ball. The nearest comp to Traylon Burks has been like AJ Brown, AJ Brown light. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't personally see it the same as others. I I feel like. AJ Brown's game was far more refined coming into the NFL than Traylon Burks is. Um, but listen, you're, you're going to use him. You're, you're, you're going to use him a ton. He's going to see probably a hundred plus targets this season. And that's just the, the, what has to happen because they pretty much said it had to happen when they traded AJ Brown and drafted Traylon Burks immediately after that. And the reaction by Mike Vrabel should say it all. AJ Brown's really good. Traylon Burks is okay, but he's got mm. some work to do to, you know, climb the mountain and get to these comps that have been made to him. Yeah, he's a lot closer to like a Lavisca Chanel. I've out heard of that a lot too. Um, maybe he becomes what we all hoped Lavisca Chanel would be, but there's a lot of concerns there with him too. There's a lot of concerns about his weight. His weight kind of fluctuated throughout college. He didn't work out the best. Before, like, he didn't really get in shape, shape for the combine. Then he didn't work out the best. And then, like, he didn't even try to get better at his Arkansas pro day, like, running the stuff. So, there's a little bit of work ethic concerns there. I'm not saying I know completely, you know, what he does, but there's a little bit of concerns. And I think that's kind of why he kind of fell from grace compared to some of these other wide receivers. Makes sense. And, like, at this point in the draft, you're going to start. This is where you hit the question marks. Like, obviously, there's that one QB who's probably in mind. But at this point, after this, it's all a shot in the dark. I understand that people would argue, you know, Sky Moore, Christian Watson. There's some other guys who would say, oh, they should be no-brainer. They're going to see volume. These are the no-brainers. The no-brainer, you get to 107. And if it is this quarterback, that would be your seven. And after that, then you can start, like... I do disagree with the Sky Moore's CEH comp and like no that that's just yeah. poor poor practice of your your fantasy football mindset. Um, Sky Moore will have more of a more will have an opportunity and stuff and it's not just, 
CH shot up from wherever he was to the consensus 101. Sky Moore is not 101. I'm looking at the ECR yeah. rankings right now on Fantasy Pros. He's at eight. And I have not seen him go in the top five of any mock I've heard drafts stories. of any drafts. I've heard oh, stories of him stories. going at four, maybe one at two, but that I've was just like three. you have like the casual people out Fair. there, you know. Fair. Jim, one oh seven. Um yeah, yeah. One oh seven, what am I gonna do? You're talking about it, Connor. This is this is the um, this is the dead man zone. This is like the second round of normal drafts because this fantasy value again. Isn't really good. There's going to be a lot of guys supplemented in 2023. Um, or supplant, supplanted. Who supplements like vitamins? Anyway, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, here's my deal. So, yeah, last time, if you listened to the show, I said, I don't think Pittsburgh is going to have to move uh, up. Um, there was rumors that they would. I said, not. I don't think they're going to have to move up. I think at 20, they're going to get the pick a quarterback. I think they're going to take Malik Willis. Yeah, well, I was wrong. It took Kenny Pickett. So that would be the quarterback that you're maybe considering right now. Um, but in this draft, I think the swing play to go is running back heavy, man, uh, and, and take some shots in, in the win now mode and try to and try to pawn them off on guys that think they're going to have a job before the next draft. Um, or get guys that you think are going to end up having jobs in 2023 that are going to get supplanted, like your Kenneth Walkers and your Brees Halls. Another guy that is on the list, and I'm taking him a little early here, um, Zamir White. I'm taking him now. Um, I like him. Uh, I'm not as high. I don't care. Uh, I'm not as high on the deal with these wide receivers. I'm going now with the fact that in 2023, I think he walks into a total starting role uh, in that offense. Both those guys are on um, their last year, their deals. They declined the fifth year option on Josh Jacobs. Kenyon Drake's out next year. Uh, even if they do draft, actually, they drafted two guys, didn't they? Yeah, but Brenton Brown yeah, probably doesn't yeah. make the team. He probably yeah, yeah. okay. But um, even if they do draft a guy next year to go with uh, a one-two punch, like that's fine. That's fine. I see RBBCs happening all, all over the league, man. Uh, so even if he walks into a 60-40 split, that's fine by me. That's another guy that I think has job security going into 2023 where uh, his value isn't going to dip. Uh, as I, I, honestly thought he, I honestly thought he would slide further because I really wanted to snipe you on Zamir White at some point. But – it, you know what? At the end of the day, it is a smart, smart move. I mean, if you need a QB, this is where, like, I've seen Kenny Pickett land a lot, unless uh, QB needy teams higher up. Um, mm -hmm. But, I mean, this was that where was I drafted him in the league. It was going to be Kenny Pickett or or a guy. And, uh, listen, just sorry to cut you off, Connor, uh, mm -hmm. again, for the rambling. This is another important thing with with low, know your league mates. So this isn't exactly a league, but I do know Connor quite well. I know he wants to try to fuck me around um, and max value things. So I know he knows that I like Zamir White. I know that he's going to end up taking him at some point uh, before me. I know. Where is it going to be? 202, 204, right? 109. I don't know. He's going to go, though, and I know he's going to go before me. It's like playing Russian roulette. If you know your league mates like you do, <laughs> But you should know your league mates. Um, some ADPs are going to look a little crazy, but that's okay. You end up having to reach because that's 
that's your league. All these are, are built different. I just uh, sorry for rambling on about that. But you just but you literally just said it before you said Zamir White. You can start to go anywhere's from here. Like the top six should almost be consensus, except maybe you know, like you said, the casual Sky Moore might be thrown in there. Chris Olave might be thrown in there. Um, you probably Kenny Pickett will obviously be in there in some mix or facet because there's always a QB needy team who's going to make the move. But like you said, this is where you can start to take your shots and kind of find those running backs that you think have the best security. And Zamir White is one of the ones with the best security for going into 2023. And it all worked out perfectly because Josh Jacobs got his, got his option declined that day before the draft started or the day of the first round. And then you know Kenyon Drake is done, and he's going into, what, age 31-something season. You know they, if they bring him back, it won't be in a role to be any more than 25 or 30% of the work. And he could potentially work with Zamir White. Jacobs is in the same boat as like a guy like Miles Sanders. There's a lot of guys who are in that boat right now who there's just such an unknown for the future. But Zamir White, there's probably a bit more of a certainty because – I don't see the Raiders necessarily seeing running back as a need and going with running back right away next year. Although I also think they don't have a first round pick again next year because of their deal for um, Devontae Adams. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. So they just gave a first and a second this year. Okay. It wasn't for, okay. Yeah. So they do have the first next year, but they're obviously not going to mm-hmm. go to the capital like some other teams for running back. At least I don't think they would. I think they bring in a vet, but that's just me who I don't. Again, RBBC is coming across the league. Even if the cat's getting like 40% and the 60-40, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm totally fine with that. One away, Craig. Let me just say with Zamir White, too, I think if you get him and you're trying – like he actually – looks like he's going to get the job or whatever, like going for it next year, this perfect sell high calendar, because I do not want to hold on to a guy that's had two ACL surgeries, split backfield at Georgia, never going to get a full workload in the NFL. He's the perfect guy to sell once that situation comes about and somebody really buys it. That's fair. I like that. That's Greg. Fair. I mean, like the ACL thing was like 16 years ago, and like, well, he handled the fucking decent. It was four since. years ago, Jim. I know, nice Connor. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> so was it tearing him at five? <laughs> if if there was recurrent instances going up to it, like I just don't think I'd be concerned about it right at this point, like Andrew. But the sell high, hundred percent agree with. If somebody swoops in and they're like, "I'll give you a twenty twenty three first, they're in love with Zamir White or something, hundred percent. You, I, I would pull the trigger on something like that because we already alluded to the depth of the at the top of the running back class next year, at the top of the quarterback class mm-hmm. next year. Wide receiver class might not look as good as this year's Ooh. class. There are some at the top. There is some at the top. Don't get me wrong. But, like, at the end of the day, the running back and the quarterbacks are going to be a lot better in the first round next year. And Zamir White, like you said, could still continue to split a role. Mm, yeah, I think they – it'd be really interesting to see if they could get, like, Jameer Gibbs in next year with him and kind of do, like, a Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara type of thing with those two. Oh, that That'd be, be really – That would be a machine – and what would I like the most about that is is they'd still suck in the AFC West. Craig, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one oh eight. Yeah, I'll take Sky Moore. 
So Sky Moore was my wide receiver five pre-draft. He's my wide receiver five post-draft. He lands in a great spot in Kansas City. Juju's on a one-year deal. So even if like Juju's just average and they move on from next year, even if they bring somebody else in next year, Sky Moore's still going to have a pretty big role on this team. And this kid's only going to get better. Like he was recruited to Western Michigan to play cornerback. And he comes in, switches over to wide receiver. Like he's only going to get better. It just like, like, I can't believe you help at cornerback too. So like throw him out there yeah, and yeah, fucking yeah. Iron Man that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe like that some of the wide receivers that went ahead of him in the second round, like my Texans trade up for John Meggie. I'm like, well, please take Sky Mark. Nope, took John Meggie. Tyquan Thornton went ahead of him. Like, did Alex Pierce go ahead of him too? Might have been like three picks ahead of him. I can't remember off the top of my head. But there's a couple that went right ahead of him. I'm like. Why is this not Sky Moore? Like, I just think there's so much talent there. Yes, he's still a little bit raw, like I said, but he's just going to get better. I like it. I like it. Um, it. It makes sense. Like I said, the comp is lazy if you're comparing Sky Moore to CH because Sky Moore, obviously, he's climbing, but he's not climbing to the extent that CH climbed. If you're getting Sky Moore at 108, or like you said, there's some casuals going higher, but if you're getting them in this ballpark, this is fair ballpark this is a fair spot to get him this is a fair spot to to see what you can get out of sky more um but 109 for me it, i gotta go kenny pickett i can't let the slide continue kenny pickett to me obviously like we kind of alluded to earlier he's the guy with the job security he's the guy with the highest likelihood of getting on the field with this year Maybe even the high cycler being the only one on the field over the next two seasons of this draft class. There's really no guarantees with any of these other guys. And I know that people are still falling in love with the the traits of Malik Willis, Matt Corral. You know, there's Desmond Ritter because some people were saying, oh, he, he could go in the first round. There was a lot of rumors he was going to go in the first round. Well, whoever they were hearing these rumors from missed by a landslide. Not not correct at all. Um and I mean, to me, like you watch a tape on Desmond Ritter, he's so inaccurate. You and accuracy is something you can't teach. There are not that many Josh Allen type jumps that happen. There's almost none. That's another unicorn instance. Those types of jumps and improvement of accuracy just don't happen with quarterbacks. It's something that's not taught. And if you don't have accuracy, you ain't going to have a long term job in the NFL. You see it all the time. As soon as the accuracy goes, you're not keeping your job very long. But Kenny Pickett, to me, he was the most pro-ready. He's going to be the one that maybe Mitch, maybe you sit on him. Maybe Trubisky does play this mm-hmm. whole season out. Maybe he wins the job and he plays the whole season out. But the first-round draft capital, the fifth-year option, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to use Pickett, and they're going to use him. I would almost guarantee if it's not this year, year two, 100% Kenny Pickett's marching out there as your starting quarterback. I like that, Connor. Uh, the slide was going to stop with me next. Um, like I said, originally, originally where I took Zimmer White this time, I ended up swinging and missing on the wrong QB pre-draft. But like I said, that was a coin toss, and you can't win every coin toss. Um, yeah, but like Kenny Pickett, whether or not you want to put the memes out about the baby hands, whether or not you think he ends up keeping the job in three years or not, uh, the positional value of him is going to definitely – increase over time even if it's just as soon as he starts one, one game and that quarterback needy team ends up seeing him throw up a nice juicy two three touchdowns and two of them going to Deontay Johnson 
I see Dan Brown in the comments. He's probably getting getting all excited about that. Um, and then uh, and uh, then you then you flip them. You flip them for that max value roster that uh, we privately chat about there with uh, Ty. So yeah. Anyway, um, I like I like that pick. What about one ten? Uh, uh, so one ten, yeah, throwing me for a little bit of a thing there. So I was actually just talking a little bit there, just so I could get my bearings on who I'm going to end up picking. I really didn't care about that Kenny Pickett pick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's a little trick there. Um, no, I'm going to end up going with uh, Chris Olave um, out of the Saints. Best situation I think currently left for me in that wide receiver room. I know I said I wanted to go uh, running back heavy, and this is the price you pay. You don't get your, your second pick on, on your wide receivers. Um, but that's okay. He's now walking into a 1A position. Uh, he's got Michael Thomas, uh, the slant boy, whatever you want to call him, the memes. Um, he's getting paid for this year, I think, the next two years, five years or something like that, or dead cap. But, um, but he's definitely on the books for the next two years. Just going to end up opening up open up spots for him. Uh, if Kamara ends up playing, I don't know. We'll end up seeing what's happening with that. Uh, if he ends up playing – uh, Chris good. and Chris Olave is so much better than the like Trey Quan. Anybody name. else? And like, or who was it last yes. year where the hype train started Marcus preseason? But, but Marcus Callaway, exactly. Like, the New Orleans Saints have never been looking for a one since they've ended up trading away. Uh, um, what was it, Brandon Cooks, way back in the day? Like they've mm -hmm. always been looking for for that number two, right? They got Michael Thomas as their one, then they've constantly been looking for that number two. Jordan Akins, uh, oh, sorry, that was the Houston Texans. Okay, when he was talking, when he was playing with uh, when he was playing with Traquan Smith, uh, was because they're FAU alum there, uh, with Gabe Davis. Um, they just keep taking swings and misses and and missing. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they hit finally. I think they finally hit now. It's ironic because Michael Thomas is right near the end of that career, so like you know, two years they're going to be looking again. <laughs> which, which I think is pretty ironic. Maybe even next year they'll be looking again, but if they end up somehow being able to trade Michael Thomas, but yeah, I'm going for some lobby. Sorry for talking. Mm -hmm. One eleven, Craig, and you can make a comment about the Alave pick if you feel. Uh, all I gotta say about this Chris Olave is the Saints better hope he hits because the draft capital they gave up to get two first round picks, then move up to get him is insane. Like it, like that's a Bill O'Brien type of move they made. So he better hit, and I think he's gonna be a solid wide receiver. I think he'd be a decent NFL wide receiver too, maybe like a three year flex play on fantasy teams. But like in that spot, I'm either chasing upside or I'm trying to trade out of that pick, honestly. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just glad you didn't snipe me. I'm glad you didn't snipe me. I, I, I'm gonna go for the unicorn shot with Christian Watson. You don't get to see guys this tall run this fast, test this athletic. Yes, he went to North Dakota State. The raw numbers do not look great just because they ran 62% of the time last year. They are the Alabama of the FCS, so they're blowing out teams, and he's not even playing the fourth quarter. So, yeah, he's only going to have 43 catches for like 801 yards, but they only threw for 22 or 2,263 yards total last year. He accounted for 35.3% of those yards last year. This guy, yes, there is some drop concerns, but like you don't grow guys like this on trees. Goes to the Packers is a great opportunity. Yes, Alan Lazard's there, but 
he's like the only guy. Randall Cobb's a ghost if he stays healthy. Sammy Watkins, we know, is not going to stay healthy at this point in time. Like they got some other guys there, but there's nothing really dominant there. If he just comes in and if he's just that deep threat, at least the MVS version, you get some value right away. And then going from there, like he could just really blossom. Like this is the shot I want to take if I'm picking like this area because I want to get somebody that's really going to hit. I don't want to get, you know, Jahan Dotson, who's maybe a flex play with Washington. I like it. It's a good pick. It makes sense. It's understandable why you would go with Christian Watson. The transition, like everything is working against this guy to succeed. But at the end of the day, he's Mm -hmm. got the opportunity. So he's got the greatest chance to find some sort of fantasy success versus some of these other guys you might be taking the shot at. And I'll even just say too, like he went to the senior bowl. There was really no expectations for him. And he cooked every single corner that was there. And there was four guys at corner that went in round two there. And he beat every one of them, mm-hmm. like every single rep. And this guy is, he's another guy that's just only going to get better. And if Aaron Rodgers trust him, just look out. That is a big question, Mark. Will Aaron Rodgers trust him and go to him? Because it's, uh, I mean, I don't think he has much of a choice. His track record with the rookie wide receivers isn't great, but he's running out of options as far as rookies and sophomore co- uh, wide receivers to target. 112, wrap up this draft or this first round. Like you said, looking for something, somebody with a good opportunity, somebody that's safe. And to me, there's a lot of people here who are probably going to sit there and say, like, James Cook, they think it's a safe option. I don't personally believe it. I'm going with Isaiah Spiller. I really like Isaiah Spiller. I really think, like, there are the rumors out there, you know, that they want to take away some of the workload to Austin Eckler. He Eckler's had his injury history. Isaiah Spiller, he didn't run well. I get it. He's he's slow. If you watch the tape, I've said this a few times on the show. He's that you should expect that he's not that fast. The tape shows a guy who's not that fast, but he's a good runner. He's got good vision. He's got good patience. He's one of the best, just pure runners in this class. And I think he has an opportunity as Eckler continues to age to eat more and more into that role. I I think it's almost like akin to what we might see out of Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. I do think that there's a really good opportunity there for Isaiah Spiller. I don't love James Cook. I'm not in love with that. Everybody loves the Buffalo landing spot because it's like, oh, finally they get their running back. I've watched a tape with James Cook. I don't like him as a runner. I like him as a pass catcher. And do you really want, like we were talking about this before we came on the air, me and Jim were laughing about it. Do you really want the fourth or fifth pass catcher in Buffalo? Like that's what you're getting with James Cook, the running back. You're getting just line them up in the line of pass catchers. But as a runner, Devin Singletary, I think, would be, the, in my eyes, the better runner. Mm-hmm. And he is showing that he can be a good runner. And the split there, there's not a lot of running work to go with. So any type of split there automatically hurts James Cook. Yep. Um, just going to say real quick there, really thought that Christian Watson was going to end up falling over to the 201. Um, not panicking. Not panicking. Uh, so I'm going to just adapt, uh, keep going before you go, let's wrap this up by saying, all right, you wrap it up for anyone who, for who, for anyone who's just tuning in and we'll go through round two quickly. 
101, Brees Hall. Two, Garrett Wilson. Three, Kenneth Walker. Four, Jamison Williams. Five, Drake London. Six, Trey Lomberg. Seven, Zamir White. Eight, Sky Moore. Nine, Kenny Pickett. Ten, Chris Olave. Eleven, Christian Watson. And 12, Isaiah Spiller. We told you we wouldn't just go with the landing spot proposition. Jim, 201, fire away. Um, Yeah, so here's the deal. Uh, I'm like you. I don't think that James Cook is up there. Is the hype there? Yeah, man. I think this is where the spot you end up taking him just to do uh, league hype, as, as you could say. But I don't think this is a league hype deal situation with you three guys. He might end up sliding another three picks, so we're going to end up going with this. The hype is building for another dude. I'm going running back heavy. I'm not rolling with George Pickens. I don't believe in that dude right now. Uh, people are saying, you know, Pittsburgh, it's open. Juju gone. Let's go. You know, they got Chase. They got Deontay. They got Najee. Uh, let's get it out. And I already said, uh, take the fun of Ben Roethlisberger, but he had a football mind. He's the one that I ended up bottling out of uh, situations and put them in better situations. I don't believe in Mr. Trubisky can do that. Anyway, that being said, running back, have you? There's hype building on a cat. And like I said, I'm not high with James Cook, so we're going to go with this cat. Is he going to have a job in 2023? No, but you better be trading him once he gets the job in 2022 and starts rolling with it. That's Tyler. I don't really know how to pronounce your last name. Algier. Um, Out of Atlanta there. Uh, Again, it's wide open. The release of Mike Davis has this guy hyping up uh, ADP boards. So if you can get him, like I said, probably around 201, 206 range, gets a job. Uh, definitely worth more in 2023 because that's a cat that is definitely getting supplanted uh, by superior talent if if you uh, are listening to me. I absolutely agree with that. The the, the cut of Mike Davis definitely is going to have Al- Algier jumping up boards. He hasn't jumped up boards yet. He's a good runner. I mean, he's nothing that special. I mean, there's things on tape that look good and whatever. I mean, you could argue that he's not too bad. This just feels like another circumstance where it's like Cadriolis and they're just swinging and missing with another running back. Maybe not Cadriolis, maybe not that bad. But, you know, like they're just swinging and they're likely going to miss on running back and they're likely going to revisit the running back room again next year. They're like the team that is just trying to find that. They're like the Colts with quarterbacks. They're just bridging the running back position until they find somebody. And I don't think Algier is that guy. I disagree, but I think Algier is probably like the one out of these running backs that will keep his job or have the best opportunity to keep his job between like this is Amir Weiss, the Damian Pierce's and guys like that. But I've been really high on Algier. He's a guy that popped off when I was watching Zach Wilson film first. And I'm just like, wait, 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 wait a second. Who's this running back? He's really good. <laughs> like he's actually really good. And like, He's just really underrated. Like, and he's a true three down running back too. He he's one of the best pass protectors in this class. I know everybody talks on and on about Kyron Williams, but he's right up there with him. And he's a very underrated pass catcher, former linebacker. So he's got that gritty mentality where he wants to run your butt over. And he's got the size at 224 to do it. The dude's shoulders at the combine. This dude's shoulders are huge. They're like the size of people's heads. This is just ridiculous. I know he didn't run quite as well as people wanted him to, but. I think there's definitely a lot of production of notes for the end zone and everything there. And I think maybe, maybe he'll be the guy for quad season hashtag quad season when he starts working out in his tight ass shorts and you get to see those quads just boom, mm-hmm. but maybe it'll be shoulder season this time around. 
Yeah, and as much as I just kind of talked down about some of these other running backs too, I, I'm just going to pick Damian Pierce here because I think he's a guy that could get the job early on with the Texans and then kind of flip him from there. But there's concerns because he was always in a committee at Florida, although his efficiency per touch production was really good. He never had like more than 600 yards in a single season. So kind of some question marks on how he'll hold up, even though he's a bigger back and a bruiser too. So, But bruiser with some quickness, so... He could be very interesting, but he's a good sell-high candidate. I mean, it was kind of between him and George Pickens for me because I know when George Pickens has a big game, somebody's going to be buying, and I know that. And I don't I don't really believe in George Pickens, and I think he's just a lesser version of Chase Claypool. So, like, I don't get why they got both those guys, especially when you draft Kenny Pickens, you draft all these deep threats. And when the guy's got an average NFL arm, I'm like, why are you trying to get all these deep threats with no offense line and a quarterback with an average NFL arm? And sidetracked a little bit here, I don't think, like, I see Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky kind of like the same player, honestly. They have, there's a lot of similarities between them. So I think maybe the Steelers are just kind of double, double dipping and hoping one of these two guys pans out. Otherwise, they would go right back to draft board. But I do think Kevin Colbert, this is last year as GM, he said he wanted to lead the team with a franchise quarterback. So I don't think that's why he drafted Malik Willis because he didn't want to lead the team with a project and then potentially have to do it again. He wanted somebody that was safe and could be there for a couple of years. I like it. Good pick. Understand it. Makes sense. For quick, me, quick, I, quick, quick, quick question though. Yeah, if I didn't go Algiers at the 201, would you have went Algiers with 202? Uh, that would have been a tough question because uh, I probably would have. They're, they're like neck and neck for me though, but I feel like Algiers has the better chance of keeping a job long-term or keeping a major role long-term, let's put it that way. Because I think the Texans, they got some extra draft picks next year. We're starting to add some pieces where we don't need quite as many pieces at different positions. Maybe you could invest a little bit in right back position next year. I like it. Um, 203. This is a tough one. Because now I'm stuck with like, you know, there's Jahan Dotson, there's George Pickens, there's James Cook. So there's guys who I should probably be taking at this spot. But I'm going to go, call me crazy. I'm going with Trey McBride on this one. I mean, we're, 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 looking, <laughs> we're looking for guys who have the opportunity to get a job. And I understand, you know, like a lot of people, they're talking about how Packers got signed. But I like to bring up the example of Zach Ertz also left Philadelphia because he was be he was slowly losing his job to Dallas Goddard, and eventually that led to his departure. Um, so I get it; he signed for three years. I mean, likely they can get out from under him at one year, maybe even two years. You never even know. I don't know how the contract's built, but um, I got it up real. I got it up real quick. So. They can't really get rid of them until after 2023 because there's 10 million a dead cap next year. They'd be eaten, then it'd be 4 million after 2023. So it's probably not until after 2023. But I think there's is a case to be made that they want to use some more two tight end sets. They've tried to do it. And mm-hmm. then obviously Hopkins isn't playing. Yeah, the Hopkins situation. And then you got Marquis Antoine Wesley to the moon, you oh, motherfuckers. Boy. Here we go. Here we go. But to, but to me, Trey McBride is someone who he's okay. So he he's the best tight end bar none in this class. Like it isn't even close. Like I mean, we you, you we can argue, we want to argue, but like Trey McBride is the most complete tight end who's going to see the field the most optimal amount of times. But you just might have to have some patience. With him. They did resign Zach Ertz. The Hopkins suspension 
helps get more of a look at him early on, I think, but mm-hmm. unless they do some at the wide receiver position. But to me, if you are patient, if you exercise some patience with Trey McBride, they're not going to revisit. I know the tight ends, there's a couple really good tight ends coming out of the next couple classes, but they're not going to revisit the tight end position in drafts. You tend not to go back to that well multiple years. And if you're going for a guy like Meyer next year, you're going to probably have to go in the first round. And I don't think the Cardinals are a team that's just going to reach in the first round for Michael Meyer or a really good tight end. So I feel like he's got the job secured. I feel like he's going to have the opportunity. And like you said, there's $10 million dead after this year, but we've seen teams eat way worse if they think Trey McBride's a better option than Zach Ertz. Or you wait two years. What's the wait time on tight ends? Generally three. three years. So if you have to wait three years, it's not the end of the world. But I like him. And if they can bring back um, Kyler Murray, even better. Because then you got that franchise quarterback. You got your tight end. And you keep rolling from there. But Trey McBride, 203 for me. Jim, 204. So like I, I was talking about earlier with the Zemir White uh, pick, uh, the 107 kind of feels like the 202 uh, to me now, a real post draft, like where, where I'm just taking kind of swings. Second round to me is all feels like third and fourth round of a real rookie draft, of a regular rookie draft, where I'm just like, you know, ballpark swing and dart swing. So I alluded to know your league, right? I know Craig's high on Algier just due to, our, to a private TNFF chat there where, you know, I said, break it down to me like I'm five years old. Sell me on Tyler Algier. Sell me on him. What comps do you see of him? What trades do you see of him? Craig laid it out. I know he's high on him. So he'd take him 201. He's going 202. And that's why I asked, would you have taken him 202? I also said before I took it, this is a spot where you should be taking James Cook, but I'm going to see if I can wait and get this motherfucker at 204. Guess what I did? Mm. Again, these are all dark play picks. And do I think he's got a job in 2023? Absolutely not. I do not think he has a fantasy relevant job in 2023. Um, Connor, you've already talked about it, Devin Singletary being the man. But he's attached to a high-powered offense. Let's just be honest with it. He's attached to possibly the 101 in Superflex startup leagues, Josh Allen, best quarterback they're saying. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you if that's the way you want to go. It's either Allen or Mahomes to me. Herbert's up there, I guess, for some people. But neither here nor there. He's attached to a high-powered offense. He's going to pop. He's going to pop a game just like Craig was alluding to earlier. He knows this motherfucker is going to go off and somebody's going to end up paying when he was talking about pickings. Um, same thing's going to happen here. Same thing's going to happen here. Or you're or you're going to piss somebody off that had 205 that thought James Cook was going to fall to him. And guess what? Now they're going to overpay because there's always that guy in your league. Know your fucking league. I personally, think, I personally think James Cook won't make it into the second round in a lot of drafts as mm-hmm. drafts continue to keep rolling because I'm seeing it a lot more that he's going at the end of the first, even like middle of the first, which I think is crazy. I think that's just purely a ske- like a skeptical landing spot thing. Like you're thinking he's got a good landing spot. He's got an optimal landing spot. Man, you can say it, but this just feels like the Buffalo Bills are that team that just keeps on giving at the running back position. And none ever come out as really great fantasy assets. I mean, we saw like Devin Singletary started to run away with the job and he became fantasy relevant. Now you're sitting there and you're like, if you're sitting there after seeing what Devin Singletary did at the end of last year, and you're sitting there saying, James Cook, 
106, 107, 108. Oh boy. We can't help you. We can only do so much. But that's my thoughts on the running back situation there. But it's nice to finally see Zach Moss pushed aside. He was never overly talented in the first place. The Zach Moss truthers were a very valiant bunch while it's while he stood up. Yep, I was one of them, but he can't, that dude just can't stay healthy. Either. That's the biggest thing with him. So there, I'll do two oh five. I'll just I'll take I'll take George Pickens just because there is the upside there. Like if he actually had some people like we're still believing he was the wide receiver one in this class or wide receiver two. Hey, the dude hasn't done anything since he was a freshman. He literally runs a nine route, a slant route, and that's about it. Jump like yeah, he's got to jump all the contested catches and stuff like that. But he's just like a like to me, he's just a really like more raw, like bad version of Mike Williams coming out of college. Similar size, you know, Williams was about six four he's six three 200 pounds like they're very very similar players going to pittsburgh like i kind of mentioned already he's kind of just the lesser version of chase claypool but you know chase claypool's kind of got one screw loose in his head too but so is pickens that is like and supposedly might have some legal trouble because kenny mcintosh just got in trouble and supposedly he was around there and supposedly that's kind of why he fell in the nfl draft too plus obviously came off the acl and everything else like that we haven't seen too much from him really since that freshman year so but there's somebody in your league that loves George Pickens and they'll pay for him, especially after he has a big game. Absolutely. I mean, for me, George Pickens, like he's good. I just don't think he's going to be great. Like you said, I think he's going to be like, he's not going to surpass Chase Claypool for wide receiver two in in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I don't think like he's a wide receiver three. He's probably going to be a flex play periodically. Take your shot on a week. You're probably going to play him on a week. And then he's going to blow up a week or two later when you're setting him a like he has all the makings of being that type of guy to me in fantasy, but there are people or, who love him. Or you have to hope Deontay Johnson does not get re-signed. Like that's like the only situation there you could sell high then. But I don't know if I see that happening. I think Pittsburgh's smart enough organization to keep their best wide receiver around, but they could also. But they're also but, not the also, same too. Like they're not the same to me. Like Pickens and Deontay Johnson. If Deontay no. Johnson leaves, they're not going to say, "Oh, we're good with Pickens and Claypool." No, because they got two of the same co- the two of the same wide mm-hmm. receiver. They're gonna go out and they're gonna find somebody else mm-hmm. who can no, it's fill just the void. opportunity more than anything. Hundred percent. Two oh six. Feels gross, doesn't it? It feels gross. Like, it feels like, can I please trade back? But I'm going to go with Alec Pierce on this because um, I think he's got got a really good opportunity. I could go Jahan. I love Jahan Dotson. I love Jahan Dotson, the prospect. I love what I saw. His hands are amazing. His catch radius for 5 foot 10 or 11 out of this world. His, His releases, amazing. But I just can't get behind Washington. There's too many question marks. Carson Wentz is not the long-term answer. What's going to continue to happen at quarterback? What's going to happen with Terry McLaurin? If Terry McLaurin comes out of the picture, Jahan Dotson to me isn't a wide receiver one. Like, I don't, I just don't like this too much here that I just don't like that I can't get behind. Whereas Alex, Alec Pierce can be a wide receiver two. I think he can comfortably fit as a wide receiver two. And I think he can complement Pittman fairly well. So for me, I'm going with a guy who's going to probably get wide receiver two opportunity, see optimal targets, see probably 60, 75 plus targets. This offense, I think, could look a lot different under Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan likes to throw the ball and he throws the ball fairly well. 
better than Carson Wentz, I think, better than what Phillip Rivers did. So maybe they won't have to lean on the running back as much, but that's not side out JT. Jonathan Taylor is still RB1, 101. That doesn't change a damn thing. It just probably hurts Naheem Hines. That's yeah. where it probably hurts somebody more. But so Alec Pierce for me. I'd say it looked more like the Phillip Rivers offense because Matt Ryan likes to attack the middle of the field. That might actually end up hurting a guy like Alec Pierce, who's more of a deep threat because Matt mm-hmm. Ryan's deep ball accuracy and his deep ball and his arm strength's kind of gone down the last two years, really regressed in that regard. But maybe it gets better with a better offensive line, more time to throw the ball and everything else. But if you can get some slants, some slant and goes with Alex Pierce, that's probably where you're going to use uh, utilize him the best. And I think tight end is going to be sneaky there. So we might talk about that guy later that's coming up. Jim, one two oh seven. Uh yeah, like I've been like I said, every single pick in the second round feels kind of gross. These are these are traditional rookie third round picks that, that would be going. Most of these guys won't have a job. Uh you're gonna be swing or at least not a fantasy relevant job. Let me let me say that. They'll have a job, they won't have a fa- fantasy relevant job. But that is something that me and Connor have been fucking stressing. I'm sorry, real quick. That me and Connor have been stressing for fucking months. 22 wide receiver ones, bullshit. You don't even have 22 wide receiver two jobs, wide receiver two jobs open up mm-hmm. in this fucking league. Where are they all? All of a sudden, these superior talents who aren't retiring are just pushing over to these fucking 20 year olds that have never played a game in the NFL. They're all just happening. I know the league's evolving. I know there's passing, there's an extra game, but like that does not equate to 150 targets for another guy coming into an offense. I'm sorry, it just, just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen to. 89 targets for, for a guy coming into an offense. Like, it doesn't fucking happen. I'm sorry to say it. So, like, these are all swings. This is not a fucking class. This was a class that was buoyed up by positional value and, and uh, by positional need by real NFL teams. They took the swings. They missed. Half the teams wanted to trade back in the first round. What the fuck does that tell you? <laughs> right? Like, Honestly, God, I'm sorry. Like that—that's the rant. I'm sorry that, like, so like these are all these are all fucking total swings. So again, um, the the Algiers know know your league. That's a swing pick. The James Cook. I know someone's gonna end up paying for it. Uh, the Pickens. I know someone's gonna end up paying for it. The Pierce. You know someone's gonna end up paying on on the big game. Uh, and same thing I think is gonna happen with Jahan Dotson. Uh, you've got a lot of guys in the league that are sour on Terry McLaurin and his 29-year-old fucking ass. I know it's not really 29 years old. Is he there for people that close. It's close. I know. Um, what is he, like the same age as Amari Cooper? He's Amari 28. Cooper. He is 28. Like, you know, far off. Right? So, like, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it just is what it is. So, like, people are going to look at the Terry McLaurin thing. People are going to think that this quarterback situation is going to be getting better in the future in 2023. And they think – they're going to see a big game out of them and see what could be. And you can sell high, man. So, like, this is a guy pre-draft that was definitely going at the back end of the first round when people were taking shots. So, like, a 110 to 202 range back in the first, early second. So, I think to get him here at 207 is uh, still a little juicy. But, again, not a long-term hold. When he pops you, uh, when he pops that top, you stop and try to flip him. Just a quick shout-out. We do have – we are slowly holding up the – Next episode of a TNFF doubleheader. Um, so we do have another episode, another show coming out right after this. So we are going to try and wrap up these picks a little bit more quickly. Craig, 208, oh, yeah. please. 
Yeah, so I think this is maybe where you take a shot at one of these quarterbacks. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go Desmond Ritter over Malik Willis just because I think he'll actually start this year, and then as soon as he starts, I'm just gonna toss him for something because <laughs> I'd rather have a 20, you know, even if it's just a 2023 second round pick next year, I already turned this what is it 208 into that. That's a win in my book. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. That's definitely a good uh, a good way to go. I mean, Desmond Ritter is definitely one of the ones with the. I would say Desmond Ritter is the highest upside to start or the highest opportunity to play versus a guy like Malik Willis who has the traits but is sitting behind a guy that pretty much has to be moved in order to get him into the job before year three. Mm-hmm. Um. No, oh, here we go. So two oh nine. Um. I'm going to go with David Bell. I really like David Bell. I like the tape on David Bell. He adjusted the ball well. He's got great focus. His closest comp is Jarvis Landry. Ironically, he ends up here in Cleveland. I understand people are going to say Donovan Peoples-Jones and, and is there and Amari Cooper is there and whatever. It is what it is. Donovan Peoples-Jones to me is that big that's he's that flex play he's that guy that you're going to play him one week you're going to send him the next and he's going to blow up that week that's just the type of guy he is because he's the big guy he's the ex receiver um and david bell i get it he's slow i understand that he's slow but he does a lot of things really nice and if you can manufacture some touches for the guy i think he can do really well we're we're literally taking shots here and i'm taking a shot based on my film study and what i really liked and i really like david bell so i'm going david bell at 209 Jim, you're up at the 210. Yeah, so I got to pick it up there because David Bell would have been on my pick there because, like I said, again, he'd been swinging and swinging and swinging. So when in doubt and I adapted, what am I doing? I'm going RB heavy in this draft, so why not end up going on what that a hype train? Yeah, fuck you. Why don't <laughs> go on that San Francisco hype train on the Shanahan oh, ends up producing good running backs even though he really doesn't? Um, again, somebody's going to end up paying. This guy's going to pop one time. He's already projected as the RB2. And going RB here, and that's Tyrion Davis-Price, a guy that I didn't know until I saw Chris Sims' rankings. Nobody knew until he ended up being drafted. And I still don't really know who he is. I'm high on back pain medication. I'm sorry. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Whatever. This is where you start taking your shots and what quarterbacks tend to see opportunity running backs in San Francisco. Craig, 211. Yeah, I'll say I had a six-round grade on Ty Davis-Price, so I didn't see that coming. But he is a big guy that is – like, his measurables are good for how big he is, but uh, just a guy that popped off real late at LSU. So (sighs) this is a kind of real tricky spot. I'm looking at Rashad White, looking at Malik Willis here. Yeah, guys like Wondell Robinson, who I'm not too too high on. I guess I'll just like I'll just take Malik Willis here and have him and Ritter, and then hopefully somebody just really wants Malik Willis one day, or I can package him with something else to kind of upgrade a different position. That's just kind of the way I'm looking at it, shooting for a little bit of upside. He's really I really don't want to have a guy that I have to sit around for two for two years on my roster and even and then then we figure out if he's even good or not. But, you know, even maybe if you sit on for a year and then maybe it looks like, oh, mate, it's open competition that you can sell them high or something like that, too. But probably just somebody I want to flip right away or use as an upgrade and a trade somewhere else. I like it. It's an interesting pick. You take your shot. You hope somebody's willing to buy or if at worst case you're holding 
two quarterbacks and one of them actually plays and then you know you feel a little better about yourself um but 212 for me like you said this is a tricky spot this is an ugly spot this is like trade back trade to next year get a third next year even it would this is that type of territory for me but you guys left him there for me so i'm gonna take him i'm gonna take john mechie um to me john mechie like he I understand Brandon Cooks is there. Nico Collins. Nico Collins has really popped off. I understand that people are hoping he will and whatever it is what it is. I don't necessarily think it's that that type of player is there in Nico Collins. John Mechie, they they made the investment in him. He he could be a flex play. He could be a guy who ends up usurping a guy like Nico Collins. And if Brandon Cooks moves on, if they finally decide to trade him and get some capital for him and continue their rebuild there, then he's a guy who could jump into the wide receiver one role there in Houston. So I'm going with John Mechie here. It feels like a pretty easy pick to wrap up in a rather ugly spot of this draft. But yeah, that would be my pick. He feels like a oh. kind of a Jamison Crowder to me, like where he, you mm. could probably use him as a wide receiver three flex play. Like he'll be a valuable slot player at times in his career, but I don't know if he's ever going to be anything super, super major. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. And like, like you've seen, there's been opportunities where Jamison Crowder pops off where you get the chance to try and sell him or move him or get rid of him for anything. This could be similar with John Mechie. He could see an opportunity to continue to pop up the depth chart in Houston a bit, see his opportunity, bam, get rid of him. Um, so that would probably be my thoughts there. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. The Dynasty Full Tilt is coming up next here over on the TNF F network on YouTube. If you're following along or on Twitter, they are coming up next. Um, this has been a good time, Craig. This has been an awesome time. Jim, as always, hopefully your back gets better. Craig, where can everybody find you before we hop off? So once again, at coach Craig sport on Twitter, on YouTube at coach Craig sports. Obviously, if you're into MLB DFS at all, check out the daily videos, check out the cheat sheet over at webetats.com as well. And then check out some of the sons of dynasty work. We're working on putting out some other type of like dynasty buy article as well over there. And then uh, let me see patreon.com slash coach Craig sport stacks app coach Craig sport as well. Probably doing, I'm assuming we're going to have some TNF articles popping up here too pretty soon. So, Absolutely. Hopefully we will. Oh, and I'm doing uh, some draft grade videos throughout the week too. So I'm going division by division, team by team, pick by pick, doing the draft grades for that. Got the NFC West one out today, NFC North tomorrow. I like it. That'll be fun. Definitely have to check that out over at Coach Craig Sports on YouTube. Um, See how high you got TDP there. <laughs> it was a deep hit. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh you can find us over at the True North Fantasy Football Network right above Craig and Jim's heads, truenorthffb.com at truenorthffb on Twitter, and stick here for the double header that's taking place, TNFF Network on YouTube. Um, you can follow Jim at Gold Jacket QBs. You can follow me at Connor10 on Twitter as well. And uh, over the next couple of weeks, we are going to probably dive a bit further into landing spots, opportunities. This is just to kind of get a taste of where people might be valuing specific players, specific positions in your drafts. And just to get you ready as a lot of drafts are already kicked off or going to be kicking off in the next few days. But until next time, see you next Tuesday. This is a beginning point.